Vasudevasutam devam Tansu januramardhanam Devaki paramarandam Krishnam vannev jagatguram Hi and welcome to Gita Girl. My name is Sharmila and the Gita Girl podcast is about how to live skillfully and be your best self by using the advice in the Bhagavad Gita. Jai Sri Krishna Shaila. Jai Sri Krishna Sharmila. My name is Shaila and I am really excited about our topic today, which is about anger. But before we jump into that, I want to apologize to our listeners. I have a cold. Um, it's not COVID, so nobody gets scared. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> stop listening to this podcast right now. I have a real personal attachment to this particular topic of anger. I feel like anger is part of my genetics and ancestry. I have a famously long line of short-tempered people in my family. My grandfather, he was very meticulous about where he put things, and once his hair brush wasn't where it was supposed to be so he immediately shaved his entire head anger is in my blood so i'm eager to learn some lessons today in the bhagavad gita arjun asks a really good question in chapter 3 verse 36 arjun asks krishna why do people mess up do horrible things commit sin even though it's almost like they went against their own will. They didn't mean to, but they did it anyway. And I think that's a great question because a lot of times we do bad things and we didn't intend to. Lord Krishna answers this question in the subsequent verses in uh, chapter 3, verses 37 to 43. Krishna says people do crazy effed up shit because of anger. He literally calls anger all devouring and most sinful. That's pretty strong words. It is true. It does feel that way, right? When you have anger, it blocks out any good sense or rational thought. When people say, I see red, I think that's what they're talking about, right? That's all you see. You're just so furious. It's devouring. That's a good word. Krishna says that. Anger is a human's greatest enemy. I just want to make it clear here. Anger is a human emotion. It's like saying, don't feel sad. You know, sometimes you're going to feel sad. Right. Sometimes you're going to feel happy. Or telling somebody, don't laugh at a joke. Anger is a human emotion. We're not talking about the feeling of anger. We're talking about lashing out in anger, in rage, okay? Those are two different things. Anger is a natural emotion that a lot of good things can come from. We feel angry when someone abuses us. We feel angry when we see someone getting bullied. We feel angry when we see some injustice being done. But the issue is when we get overwhelmed by that anger and we lash out in anger. That's a very important distinction. It's not the feeling, it's what you do with that feeling and how you react. Lord Krishna goes on to say that everything we think in this angry state is completely irrational and untrue. He says in verse 38, As fire is covered by smoke, as an embryo is enveloped by the womb... Know that 
wisdom is covered by this passion, this agitation, this anger. So it's really, really important to understand that when we are in an angry state, what we are actually thinking is irrational. No matter how rational it feels at that moment, it's not. It always feels rational. You feel like you're in the right. You feel emboldened. You feel empowered. You feel happy in some ways that oh, yeah. you get your anger out on someone else, right? Yep. You feel vindicated. But all of those things are just not true. This has happened to me many times. I feel angry. I lash out. And all those positive things that I felt, you know, feeling right at that time, it was a lie. I didn't solve the issue. All I did was make the other person upset. There's no repair to a relationship. That problem didn't get solved. Though I think in the time, you really fool yourself. I know I certainly fool myself into thinking that I'm absolutely in the right. And only later, I'm like, oh, no. What did I do? So it can feel empowering. That's a very interesting point. When I was teaching a class once, I was teaching eighth graders how anger is bad for you. And this eighth grader said, really? But I like getting angry. I get what I want. I was like, wow, that's pretty self-aware. I mean, sometimes you do. And it can be addictive. But understanding that the toxicity, that feeling of anger releases in your body, the chemical reactions in the body, the adrenaline, the cortisol, it actually momentarily changes the chemistry in your brain that you can no longer think correctly. I'll give you an example. I was in a car a week ago with two people who were very close to me. One was driving, I was in the passenger seat, and the other one was in the back. And they were having a discussion that became triggering to each other. Okay. So, and as the temperature rose, I was just keeping quiet, but I could see really clearly, and these are two very, very smart people, what they were saying, one person said to the other one, something completely rational. And the person in the back seat said, wait, so you're saying that you wouldn't care if I got run over by a bus? And I was like, what? They never, what? I literally said, he, he never said that. And then... That changed. The, yeah. And then the person in the back said something in rebuke to what he thought he heard to the person in the front. Then the person in the front misheard that too. It was bizarre. Miscommunication everywhere. So I realized a misunderstanding, the word misunderstanding really means that you are misunderstanding. You're not understanding. Right. It was you so bizarre it. to me that they were not even hearing correctly what each other was saying. So at one point I said, guys, you know what? Neither of you are hearing correctly. I just want to right. point out, I'm impartial. I want you to know that he never said that in the front, and you never said that in the back, and you guys are not even hearing each other correctly. Too angry. Right, right. It's really important to understand that during the time of anger, you are no longer rational. Right. And because most people react- don't understand that. 
when you're reacting in that place of anger, your judgment is clouded, as you say. I feel like there's something, I don't know if the word is comforting, to hear about the brain chemistry. We're just a victim to our biology. (laughs) But you can react differently. And only if you took a pause, got some space, and then really understood why you were feeling that way, could you react in a more rational manner. When we lash out, oftentimes we rationalize that we lashed out in anger, right? It wasn't my fault. Look what you made me do. Blame the other person. Right. You made me angry, or even when they've calmed down, oftentimes people justify why they got angry in the first place, and they double down on the rationale of why they acted out of anger. A lot of people feel, well, I couldn't control it because I was angry and I was enraged. So... Do you think that's true, Shayla, that when you're angry, you can't control yourself? Oh, when I'm angry? No. When I'm angry, I can't control my behavior. I think when I'm angry and I'm behaving from that perspective, then everything feels a little bit out of control. I say things I don't mean. I've said the worst shit when I'm angry. And it's (laughs) always irrational. Control really goes out the door. I went to this talk once by Sister Shivani of the Brahma Kumari Center, She said, can people control whether they lash out in anger or not? She asked that question. Everyone in the audience said the same thing. No, they cannot. And she said, you're all lying. Yes, you can. We all decide when we get angry, to whom we get angry with, why we get angry, and for how long it will last. She said, we can all control it and we all make these decisions all the time and the audience was like what how she goes I'll give you an example you are at a family wedding the camera is on you are on stage and you are in front of a hundred people at the wedding and your child does something absolutely ridiculous and outrageous in front of these people She said, you decide if you are going to get angry in front of these people, what you are going to say, how long it's going to last, and what you're going to do. You can make very deliberate choices when you must. That's very true. And I like that she said it also depends on who you're angry with. Like, both of us are teachers And there have been kids in our class who have said things that if they are our kid, we would have reacted in anger. We would have thought of that as maybe rude behavior or for whatever reason. But since they're not our kid and it's in a classroom setting. It's inappropriate. That's right. It's inappropriate, but you don't get angry. You just kind of correct their behavior in class and move on. You're right. It's so contextual. You can. She's right. 100% here. 100% right. If if it's Diwali or Thanksgiving or Christmas or some big occasion, you're not going to ruin it by making a scene. You may still have that anger. There's definitely been times where my husband has said something at a party and I just kind of smile and I'm like, that idiot. And then we go home and (laughs) 
he gets it, you know, and but that's not productive either. It puts us both on the defensive, but I could choose at that time. Right. You can choose at that time that you're not going to lash out. Unfortunately, you lash out later, which isn't great either. Right. But at that time, so no matter how angry you are, you can control it. And I could have controlled it later, too. I had practice doing that. Correct. So Sister Shivani, absolutely brilliant. She said, you can control it. Don't say you can't. So now you bring up an interesting point, Shayla. If it is a student in our class who says something potentially anger-inducing, if it was our own child, that's very interesting. It's also about who we're dealing with, right? I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. I want you to describe in one sentence... Why do you get angry? Give me one sentence, which is a catch-all, describing why you get angry. Huh, one sentence. It seems like there's a lot more than that. I'm trying to find out its common denominator. I think I get most angry when I feel disrespected. Okay. I asked the same question. So I used to teach in a Sadhu Vaswani summer camp. And I had the privilege of being one of the youngest volunteers and the other ladies all in their 70s and 80s doing this Sheva, this service for two weeks every summer. So I asked the same question to one of the ladies there, describing one sentence, why we get angry. She goes, yeah, in one sentence, it's simple. Because things don't go the way I want them to. That's a much better answer. (laughs) And honestly, the truth, that's probably more close to the truth. Exactly. So Krishna says it in the Gita. He says that anger is born of desire. We have a desire Like you said, if it's a student in our class, we don't really have a desire for them to behave one way or another. Right. But if it's our own child, we definitely have a strong desire for them to behave in a way that we want them to. So therefore, he says, when you have desire, desire gives birth to anger. Because when you don't get what you want, you get frustrated, irritated, hurt, disappointed, angry. It's that attachment. It's that attachment. Exactly. Lord Krishna says that it's the attachment, the desire that leads to anger. In chapter 2, verses 62 to 63, Lord Krishna describes what I call the road to destruction. He describes how people go from a thought to anger. I'll just go through it really quickly with an example that one of my students, she filled out this form I have with all the verses and all the stages of how what starts in the mind as a thought becomes an emotion, anger, and then becomes a terrible action. That's an interesting activity. Yeah. So in chapter 2, verse 62, 63, Lord Krishna says, first what happens is you see something or you hear something or you touch something or you smell something, you taste something with your senses. And then when you dwell on it, when you start ruminating on that, you develop an attachment to it. The example this young student gave was a girl called Demi is invited to a friend's party 
and starts scrolling through Instagram, Google. Amazon, maybe. She sees a dress she likes. Then she develops an attachment for it. Then the next stage comes, she develops a desire. I want it. So she asks her mom, can I get the dress? And the mom says, no, it's too much money. So from that unfulfilled desire comes anger. Then you become filled with anger to the point where your brain is now irrational. All that cortisol, all that adrenaline has rushed to your brain. You're no longer thinking straight. Krishna calls this, now you're in a state of delusion. The state of being delusional means that you believe that something untrue is true. So what Demi thinks in that angry state is that she's going to not be able to wear the dress to the party that she's invited to. Because she's not wearing that dress, she's now going to lose all popularity and lose all her friends. And it's going to be a catastrophic, life-changing event. Okay, From delusion comes confusion of memory. And Krishna says, you then confuse the past with your current situation. So all the past trauma of mom said, I can't have this. Mom said, I can't have that. I never get what I want. Everybody else has a better life than me. How come I can't buy this dress, but Selena can? And Selena always gets what she wants. And Selena always has more money than me. And even though she's my best friend, I'm always second to her. So first comes dwelling on a sense object, then attachment to it. Then you have desire unfulfilled desire, you have anger. Anger comes delusion. Then your present gets confused with your past delusional memories. That's confusion of memory. Then loss of discrimination. Discrimination means the ability to tell right from wrong. And what Demi does is she decides to go to the mall and steal the dress. Bad choice, Demi. Because of that, she has to face the consequences of that. And according to this example, one of my former students gave me, she says, Demi decides to steal the dress, gets caught, loses Selena as a friend, and is totally humiliated, truly a catastrophic event in her life, much more so than not buying the dress. I really like this sort of breakdown of the anatomy of an angry thought Seeing it through these steps, I think all of us can take a moment we've had when we were angry and kind of walk through it in this way from when it was just like a kernel of a thought until it led to your angry outburst. Because I was doing that while you were going through this example, and it helps to look at it from like an outside perspective. You're not so attached to that thought. You're not so attached to any of those feelings. You can look at it with a little bit of indifference. And I know this is hard to do at the moment, but if you get in the practice of doing that, then thinking like when I have this thought, okay, I know where this is going to lead and let me figure out a way to stop that because what are the steps from it being that thought, which sometimes you think is kind of harmless, but it festers and it grows and then soon... You're stealing a dress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, obviously, I'm joking, but, you know, yelling at somebody. Something that you're not proud of. Some sort of bad karma. And now you're carrying that bad karma with you. Right. Anger has ripple effects. An example is somebody's boss yells at them at work. They come home, yell at their kid. The kid then yells at the babysitter. The babysitter then goes home 
and is so exhausted and cranky, she yells at her kid. Her kid goes to school the next morning, kicks somebody and gets suspended. Understand that kindness and paying it forward has great karmic consequences. Similarly, negative karma acting out in anger, you had a hand in that kid getting suspended. Right. Ripple effect. There's a ripple effect for every action, good or bad, that you're going to do that is affecting someone else. And that's not to say that somebody else doesn't have full agency to act on their anger or not. The question is, are you strong enough to say, okay, it stops with me. My boss yelled at me, it stops with me. At any point in that chain, obviously someone could have had the power to stop it, but you want that person to be you. Think of the karmic benefit that the abuse stops with me. Right. As you say, Shayla, we like to give everybody tools, 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 tools. Yes, 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 yes. Homework. Of course, Krishna believes the same thing. Thank you, Krishna. In chapter 3, verses 41, 42, and 43, Krishna says, as much as this enemy in the form of the desire, anger, emotion is hard to conquer, he says, you can do it, but you must control it in the beginning. He says, how do we slay this sinful destroyer of wisdom and discrimination? How do we get rid of our anger? He says, control your senses in the beginning. There's, of course, many layers of interpretations, but exactly what you said. In the beginning, when it's starting, before it gets to the point where it becomes, I can't take this anymore, I'm lashing out, to have the self-awareness to say, wait, what's going on here? And to address it in the beginning, the sooner you address it, the better. The more you let things fester, the worse it is for you. And the more likely it is to get out of control. That's so true. If you addressed the feeling of hurt or jealousy or sadness at the time you felt those, then it wouldn't be given a chance to fester because there's that phrase like swallow your feelings, but it never goes away, right? Even when you swallow your anger, it just comes out maybe at a later time and it comes out like a monster. It comes out sideways, yeah. That's right, that's right, because you've just ignored it for so long. And look, there are things that you may decide that, ah, you know what, this is not a big deal, I'm just going to let this slide. But if you let it slide, then really let it slide. Don't keep it in your back pocket as a weapon you're going to use later. Very true. Does anybody do that? (laughs) 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 Who's not saving that up to come out at a later time? Yeah. I want to meet that person. (laughs) (laughs) So either you let it go, you move on, you forgive, you forget. And we're going to do a podcast about forgiveness. I think that's an incredible skill that... I'm definitely not very good at that skill. But either you forgive and forget or you address. Don't keep it in your back pocket. That's true. So what are the tools that we get here? Number one, understanding. Understanding, no different than when I was in the car and I, I told those two people, I think you should be quiet because you are completely mishearing each other now. Having that awareness and doing that for yourself and understanding that, wait, I'm in an anger state. I'm now irrational. A lot of people don't realize when they're in that anger state that they are now irrational. So 
This is a huge eye-opener, but it's hard, right, when you're irrational to have the awareness to think, I'm now irrational. Well, that's why I think that advice is good about stopping things before it starts, right? right? I mean, when you first have that angry thought, address it right away. When you first feel like someone hurt your feelings, address it right away. Because if you don't, then you're giving fertile ground for anger. Just being aware of what is going to lead to anger, I think, is important to just prevent you from getting to that point in the first place. Exactly. So that's strategy number two. So the first one is understanding your irrational. Number two is to recognize in the beginning that, wait, what am I feeling? Is this worth acting on or am I going to let it go? That's so true. I have to take the time to be more introspective and figure out why am I feeling angry? Is it that I feel that I was left out of something? Is this really coming from a place of sadness, from a place of jealousy, from a place where I have been feeling ignored for a long time or neglected or taken for granted? And then... I have all this pent-up frustration from that feeling and I lash out in anger when it should be me having a conversation and saying, I feel like I do all these things and no one notices or whatever the issue is. Where is that anger coming from? And address whatever negative feeling you have. But the anger, I think, is just a reaction to something that is maybe a little bit buried it's all from unmet desires. It's all part of that desire, anger, emotion, and understanding either let it go and completely forgive and forget or address this before I get angry about it, before I explode and it comes out sideways. So that's strategy number two. Strategy number three is even in the anger phase, there's a Buddhist technique called catch, tame, and train. And what that technique says is that anger, we usually feel it in our bodies even before we sense it in our minds. We can feel that, wait, I'm getting angry now. Yes. So understanding, recognizing what are your cues, what are my tells that I'm getting angry? Blood pressure going up agitation. Where is that feeling? Is it, is it a tightness in my neck? Is it a feeling in my chest? Are my hands getting hot? Do I feel a headache coming on? Face getting flushed. Right. What is my tell? And that's something only you can do for yourself. Figuring out what is your first tell that you're getting angry. And then at that point saying, okay, I can sense I'm getting angry. I need to walk away, calm down and stop engaging. And like I said, anger can be a good thing. It can be a great emotion that tells you you're either being hurt or that something needs to be changed or that something needs to be stopped or addressed. But it can be done in a rational fashion once that spike of rage has calmed. You have to have some space from that angry feeling, that place where you can tend to make those irrational thoughts and behave in a way that is not productive. Take some space from that. You can take some time to think about what was making you angry and address that and figure out how you're going to address that. Is it a conversation with somebody? If it's an injustice 
then you're going to write that injustice through other actions. Just whatever is making you angry, those things have to be addressed. But if you can address it in a place of calm and rational thought, which is not easy, it's personally very difficult, but you can do it in a way that's far more likely to get you the outcome that you want, or at least try to resolve it. You can't control other people's behavior, as we always say, but you can try to resolve that issue. You're saying exactly what this Buddhist technique is. It's called catch, tame, and train. The first thing you do is catch your anger. Anger is like a raging bull, an angry bull running towards you, about to destroy you. You catch it. You grab the bull by its horns. You catch it. Then you tame it. And taming it, I was reading a compassion meditation blog that taming your anger is actually an act of self-love and self-compassion to give yourself, as you said, Shayla, the space to just tame yourself, walk away and not go into that rage and just spare yourself. View it as an act of self-love. So you're catching the anger, you're taming it, and you're going for a walk, going to exercise, calming yourself, listening to some, I don't know, this Taylor podcast. Yeah, this podcast or <laughs> my personal anger song is Taylor Swift's Shake It Off. Like, you got to shake it off. Shake. <laughs> the Swifties are nodding their head vigorously. And so catch, then tame. Then the third aspect of that is train. And what that means is you train your thoughts, instead of ruminating on what made you angry, instead of criticizing, blaming, you actually train your thoughts to focus on resolving the issue and problem solving. And I think so much of what we have talked about through these podcasts is this exact idea of training. Like everything that we talk about is just practice. And soon it'll be second nature for you to immediately recognize those tells take that space, think rationally. But I love the word train because I think it really is that. It's about putting something into practice. It won't come right away, particularly if you've had years of behaving in a certain way. I know I have. And so it'll take some time, but I think just being aware and training yourself, catching, taming, and training. I love it. And understanding, like you said, Shayla, some things are out of your control. Right. Back to the golden rule, do your best and leave Leave the rest. rest. Lord Krishna ends this section of the Bhagavad Gita by saying that you can restrain yourself by yourself. He says, O mighty armed Arjuna, mighty armed Arjuna is us. We who now have mighty arms, so many tools. He says, with these tools, mighty armed Arjuna, mighty armed us, slay this enemy in the form of desire. He says, it's hard to conquer, but you can do it. And I think that's so encouraging. That vote of confidence from Krishna can't be better than that. I was doing some research on anger, and there was a Mayo Clinic study that said one of the best things that you can do for your brain health is to control your anger and manage your anger because of the damage, the chemical reactions in your brain that anger causes. It went on to say the most effective way to do that is you have one guess, Shailen. It starts with M. Oh, I know this one. 
Meditate, people. You got it. <laughs> well done. Meditate. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I hope you got lots of tools this time. It's huge to understand that acting out, lashing out in anger doesn't fix anything and often makes things worse. Lord Krishna says it is the most sinful, most devouring, and no this heightened anger emotion to be the enemy here. I will be catching and taming and training over here, and I hope you will too. We'd love to hear your stories of what triggered your anger and how you overcame it. We love success stories, so share that with us by emailing us at sharmila at geethegirl.com. You can also comment on our Instagram at geethegirlpodcast or on our Facebook page at geethegirlpodcast. Definitely come check us out. We have a lot of great quotes on there and would love to encourage dialogue. So message us and thank you all for tuning in. And we look forward to connecting with you again on another podcast. Thank you, everyone. Feel better, Shayla. Thank you. Jesse Krishna. Jesse Krishna. Devaki Paramarandam Krishnam Vandev Jagat Guram